This is a When Walls Can Talk network podcast. Hi, my name is Jeremy Haig, psychic medium, tarot reader, and proud nerd of the occult and the spiritual. I've been talking to the dead since before I can remember. Hearing their stories and listening to their lessons radically changed my life and taught me to become more curious and peel back the layers of the world around me. On this podcast, I invite you on a journey as we discuss spirituality hot topics with specialists and practitioners from across the witchcraft community, pull and explore monthly collective tarot readings, and recount lost or forgotten paranormal stories from around the world. This is When Walls Can Talk, the podcast. Happy November, everybody, and a blessed Samhain to all of my witches, weirdos, and adventurers out there who are celebrating this incredibly ancient and special holiday along with me and countless others all over the globe. I just want to send much love and hope and happiness for the year ahead. I love looking at today, November 1st, as truly the witch's new year. And I'm very grateful that I am in a situation where I'm able to take the day off today. And we are sitting in front of my fire and I have a beautiful altar set up in front of me to remember all of those that are special in my life that have passed on, um, as well as to celebrate this changing of seasons and manifesting into the universe what I hope to make out of this next stage, this next chapter. Um, My cat is enjoying it with me. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen lots of him today. Uh, He's not quite sure what to make of it, but just know that I'm holding sacred space for you right now in front of me. I am currently adding sacred smoke to my cauldron, so I am burning some incense on your behalf. Uh, For any of you who weren't able to take any time or aren't in a place where you feel comfortable enough displaying your practice yet, just know that I am holding a space for you at my altar, and I have come with specific intentions to include your energy, so if you want to take a moment with me to just breathe and align your energy with mine, time and space is a really weird thing, but... I truly believe that if we take this moment in intention that we can share this altar together. Thank you for being here. As always, thank you so much to all of you who tune in on a regular basis for When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, and for my episodes. Whether you prefer to come join in for the paranormal episodes but aren't quite as on board yet with some of the other more witchy occult spiritual ones like today's i still appreciate you for being here and i appreciate all of those who are listening today as well that are exploring something new who've maybe wondered about the tarot or this world and haven't been willing to kind of come forward and speak about it or perhaps are not quite there on your journey yet i was there myself uh and i just want to acknowledge you too all all of you folks that are joining are all valid and all special to what I do. And thank you. I just can't thank you enough. I feel very grateful today. Um, I also am so excited to start planning my Yule celebrations. Yes, I am that person that everyone makes memes about. November 1st comes along and we're excited for the next thing, but it's just an exciting time of year. I appreciate all of the rituals and traditions that surround these time, this time of year. And yeah, I think that's all I really wanted to say before we started talking. I don't think I have any real news to share today. I suppose the only one thing that I wanted to mention uh, in the hopes that some of you out there, especially some of my regulars who um, are avid listeners of the podcast, I have a new way that I would love to get you guys involved with some upcoming episodes. 
First of all, many of you may notice who have listened to the podcast or watch or listen on a regular basis on Spotify that Anchor has now created a way for me to engage with you guys on Spotify. There's a Q&A platform. I'm going to try and include a question with every episode going forward because I think it's a great way to get you guys engaged and we can have a conversation together. So whenever you listen to an episode on Spotify, take a look at the Q&A section and see what the discussion topic is. Once you submit questions, I get alerted and I can pin it on uh, the wall for the episode so everyone can see some of our responses. So yeah, please come and engage with me there. And secondly, I also would like to do a Q&A episode in the near future covering tarot topics um, or really anything in the spiritual space. So if you have a question and are able to grab your smartphone or anything that you have to record it, there's a link in the show notes for every episode that says that you can submit a voice message. So click on that link, go ahead and record your little message asking about tarot, about uh, spiritual entities, about paranormal, about whatever you wanna cover, and go ahead and submit that there. As soon as I have a few, uh, I'm going to go ahead and make an episode for it. And also, if it's a tarot q and I might include it here in the monthly tarot magic episodes so we can do a little tarot learning alongside pulling together. I, I just feel like that might be a really great dynamic to bring into the show. And I want to get you guys more involved. I, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear feedback. I want to discuss. That's what truly makes all of this so exciting to me is the space of discussion and investigation and research. So all that to say, I want to include you. So be sure to participate in our Q&A questions on the Spotify streaming platform. And please consider submitting a voice message for one of our upcoming episodes, whether in the tarot or in paranormal research, or we may also utilize that platform when we have some special guests coming up in the future, but more on that at a later date. I think that's it. I'm excited to get started with you guys today. Now, before I really get into pulling new cards, I would like to take a moment to just be transparent and vulnerable with what a roller coaster October was. And I figured that might be the case when I saw the cards that stepped forward for us last month. There was a lot of Knight of Cups and Two of Swords reversed and boundaried cards and cards of deep, deep, intense self-care and self-guidance. I think self-care, many people I think are kind of sick of the phrase self-care because it starts to feel so performative and so much about social media and does everybody know that I'm doing self-care? And you know, you know kind of the, the dynamic that's been added. I think a lot of people are just kind of sick of looking at it with that framework. I had a very, very, very difficult spiritual month in October. I, for those of you who know me personally, many of you know that I had a fairly unique and intense upbringing in the Catholic Church, and as a member of the LGBTQIA community, I went through a very intense six-year process to attempt to rectify that by means of living with monks and having... I, I don't think for today's episode it's important that I share the details. I think there will be an episode in the future where I may kind of peel the lid off of some of this and really share quite a bit of it with you all, but it doesn't feel like this is the moment. What is the moment, however, is to say that I have never experienced so many trauma flashbacks as I did this past month. I've had panic attacks all my life. It's not something that's particularly new or different to me, and I generally always know how to guide myself through them. This month, I did not. This month, they crossed a a boundary where I knew where I no longer was capable of caring for myself completely. And that was a really interesting journey to go through and really having a true nine of swords wake up to the nightmare and find out what it is to care for myself. And nightmares is often a place where my trauma revisits me. Uh, Really, really vivid flashbacks to very intense experiences. And 
the energies and emotions that I was meant to feel during them. And I had to learn a little this month what it is to call out for help from my tribe more than I had before. And that's a continuing journey. All of this is a continuing journey. I'm not saying that I walked away from the month of October feeling like I'd figured it all out, but I didn't feel right moving on to the month of November without at least referencing that this month really was everything that I saw in the cards times 10. It brought me a lot of trauma. It brought me a lot of flashbacks. Uh, I also can't bypass the fact that earlier this month, some of my closest family, my chosen witchy family and I, got together and had an incredible experience doing a Samhain seance together as close to the new moon as, or as close to the, the October full moon as possible. So this was earlier this month. And in that ceremony, and you'll hear a little bit about this in an episode coming up later on uh, with Cheyenne later in the month of November that we've already recorded. We cover some of this too and talk a little bit more in detail. But in that ceremony, we wrote down on bay leaves a lot of things in our, in our life that all of us were through with and all of us wanted to assist in burning away and purging away in the portal that was this Samhain full moon couple weeks. And almost immediately, within 24 to 48 hours, all of us were being handed on silver platters the experiences where those toxic patterns appeared that we had chosen to, to throw into the fire. So we burned uh, toxic patterns was actually one of them. We burned gaslighting. We burned tons, tons and tons of different ones, a whole package of bay leaves. And as we cast them into the fire, they all sizzled and burned. And it was a really quite a visceral spell. And almost immediately we saw the universe bringing us those experiences as if to say, you wanted to get rid of these toxic patterns. You wanted to get rid of these XYZ situations. Here, let me provide you one where you can make a different choice. And all of us got that in some ways that were harder than others to fully appreciate also the fact that some of those ways that appeared to others in our circle brought a lot of sadness and a, a, lot, of, a lot of grief. So to recognize that too, but I guess all this to say, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here, but all this to say that October brought me some challenges. It brought me some situations where I needed to decide my boundaries and defend them in a way that I have not as of yet needed to do so. It was a great experience. Um, it was painful. It was scary. I didn't know how all of the moving pieces involved were going to work out, were was everyone going to fully understand was, uh, I don't know, but I just wanted to recognize and hold space for a second because I believe this platform is all about just making people feel seen and appreciated, uh, and understood for whatever you're going through. Based on the tarot poll that we did together in October, I have a feeling that most everybody on this platform who follows me and listens to what I have to share had a very challenging month where we were asked, a lot was asked of us, a lot was brought forward for us, and we were taken back to a lot as well. And I just want to appreciate that journey that we were all on. And I'm excited sitting before my altar right now to close that chapter as we move on to the next. So I think this is a great place just to take a quick moment I'm going to do a little shuffling during the break, and we'll pull some cards together in just a moment. Be right back. Hey, Paranormal Weirdos. I truly hope you're enjoying this week's episode so far. If you're enjoying When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, I humbly welcome you to consider making a financial contribution to the When Walls Can Talk tip jar to ensure I can continue to create episodes like this one for seasons to come. Your financial support helps to cover operating costs like recording equipment, editing software, marketing materials, music rights, and helps with the purchase of books, historical publications, and research materials to ensure that every episode is as professional and as well-constructed as we possibly can. If you're interested in making a small contribution, and let me tell you that no amount is too little, please feel free to hop on over to PayPal where you can tip us through my email, 
Jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com or on Cash App through Money Sign Jeremy Haig. That's Money Sign J E R E M Y H A I G. There's also a support link in the show notes for this and every episode where you can support us directly as well. Thank you so much for listening to my little sales pitch and for sticking with me through this episode so far. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back, and I'm ready to jump into November's Monthly Tarot Magic. Being the Witch's New Year, I could not help but go back to my New Beginnings Tarot spread that I wrote a good while ago, but it's one of my favorite ones to go to to help understand portals and understand doorways in time energetically, which are so synonymous with what the tarot stands for to me. Uh, I feel that the tarot, uh, and this is all things that I've learned from Lindsay and have become kind of an ingrained part of how I approach the tarot. I think while the tarot can be a beautiful divinatory, divinatory tool, meaning one that helps us tell the future, I think the tarot works its most incredible magic when we look at it as current invitations from the energies all around us. So when I come to my tarot deck, even if I'm coming with a question that may uh, be for a client or something like that, looking towards the future, I might spin that question a little bit differently. And rather than asking like what's coming in the future, I might ask what is really important for me to know in this moment in order for the most aligned future to occur. Um, it's just a different way of looking at it that I think the tarot is always happening for us and to us, I think everything that the tarot bring that everything that the tarot brings is medicine meant for our highest and best good. Especially if that's what you've called upon when it comes to pulling cards. But I also believe that it's not telling us something that's coming. I also don't think it relates to external forces, which is something we've talked about countless times. Um, but I'll continue to always talk about it. I, I think it's important to keep the tarot within only because that's something we can control. So what's most useful is to return to center and to ask how do I participate in whatever's going on to the best of my ability. So all that to say, being the Witch's New Year is a perfect time to look at a new beginning spread like this one and ask questions of this portal that's being created by this incredible festival, this incredible passage of time, this incredible transition from summer into fall. So let's begin. And how beautiful to begin the spread with our first card, what new life am I being invited into, then by seeing the magician. The magician is card number one. It's the first card after the fool. The fool is our protagonist, if you wanna, if you if you will, in our tarot journey. And the magician is the first energy, the first energy that we learn and the first energy that we encounter in our walk through the major arcana. The magician is an active, empowered co-creator with spirit. The magician is what I am attempting to do to the best of my humble human ability right now. I know that in my being, I have a channel for the divine. I have the ability to connect with something bigger than myself and receive information from outside of me. And in the magician card, we set aside time in front of our, our workspace, our altar with our tools to try and bring that down and out through me, to bring that energy into the world through me. We don't need to do anything necessarily to be like fully in the magician energy. What we need to do is we need to be open and available. So in the magician, we are active, empowered co-creators working with our own personal empowerment, personal sense of directive, our channel, like I mentioned, but also our nervous system because the magician is ruled by Mercury and is associated with Virgo and Gemini. So there's a lot of Mercury energy here. Cords of connection, the human vessel, the buzzing, the zinging, the electricity pulsing through us. The nervous system is, is very much a part of the magician energy and we're bringing those pieces together. We're using the tools that we've been provided to 
channel something down and out. So a lot of times when I have creatives or other readers in front of me and the magician shows themselves, I ask them, are there, are there places of writing? Are there podcasts you're wanting to make? Is there uh, tools that you have with your hands that you have not yet used in a spiritual way? All to say that essentially something is hovering about you in the energetic realm that wants desperately to come in through your channel, through your tools, and then be expressed out of us in earthly form. The magician alerts us that we're being tasked with something. We have a mission. We're stewards of some information that's being provided to us. There's a lot of ace energy in the magician, which makes perfect sense being the first card. It's not just about being receptive to this energy and this information. It's our willingness to make the choice to reach out to take what's available, bring it inside, and then collaborate with that information and put it out. It's a combination of incredible power and intense surrendering. It's, it's a very much a, an acknowledgement of our own personal power and our connection to sacred service. We are a bridge. And what a beautiful new life to be invited into as we step into a new year. And I, I encourage you, I'm, I'm picking up an energy of, of childhood with it, of, of newness. Approach the magician newly. Look at your channeling in a new way. Now is an incredible opportunity to play and to explore because we know that that information is, we know that that energy is hovering about us, that the opportunity, the potential energy is there. How do you approach it? How do you approach that energy? In The Magician, we learn that we are the bridge between spirit and earth. What will you do with that information? How will you explore it? What will you, what will you try in a new way with it? Magician is one of the only cards in the original Smith Rider Waite imagery that has an infinity loop above the figure. This infinity connection between earth and spirit, spirit and earth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And in The Magician, we get to engage with that loop, that infinity, that energy. Second, where am I currently in this moment? Two of Pentacles. Two of Pentacles lets us know we can't go forward with everything. We've planted our seed, we've devoted our intention to letting it grow, and now in Two of Pentacles, we begin to learn discernment. We get to learn what it feels to juggle too many pentacles in our hands at one time and recognize in that process, oh, we really can only handle so much at one time. Where are we offering our time and devotion and energy? Being a pentacle, there's a lot of devotional soul engagement. Where are we devoting our time to things that don't allow our soul to really do its job? the things that we agreed to do when we came to the planet? Is there something that has to go in order for us to truly allow the things that keep our soul in alignment to do its job? Is there some place that I'm offering time and energy that does not match and align with what I know to be important, what I know to be my soul's commitment? I only have two hands. I can only carry so much. Have I stopped to think about the things that are in my hands? Is there some energy, some time, some focus, some devotion to something that we're being asked to take back and reclaim in its place? Can we state that we need help with this? It often feels like we don't have time. It often feels like we don't have time to do all the things that we want to do, but in Two of Pentacles, we're learning that it's about making time, but only for the things that matter. We're not sacrificing our time and energy anymore to the things that we think we should do or people will think that we ought to. That's so draining and we spend so much of our time and that energy in the process of devotion to our sacred seed that we've planted in the, in the Ace of Pentacles. What gets to come with us? What distractions do we turn away from? That's where we currently are in, in this moment. And the card right next to it, coupled with this, asking how can we tend ourselves towards this new life, is the King of Cups.
The King of Cups is a serving healer. They know what it takes to do deep boots on the ground, healing work on the interior that may be invisible to most people. The King of Cups knows what it is to serve people in the shit. It's, it's like Knight of Cups that we learned about last month on a whole other external level. Something that I learned from Lindsay that I really appreciate about the way that they approach the tarot is that the kings in the court cards really are an external manifestation of the deep work that's been done from ace to ten and even more so in the pages, the knights, and the queens. The queens ultimately reach the pinnacle of these suits to me. And please feel free to disagree and continue with however you feel deeply connected to the tarot. I think the queens are the the pinnacle of the journey with each suit on a very deep interior journey. And the kings then become the lantern that shines the light out into the world. The kings are the external manifestation of the queen's internal work. So, king of cups is the external exchange of giving and receiving and flowing and healing and living in the willingness and drive to serve, ultimately. But you must have the queen, which is the true, deep, sacred retreat, stepping away, refilling, healing at the deepest, farthest reaches of the ocean, far away from people, in order to be able to return as the king and to serve in an external way. The queen knows what it is to step away to the farthest reaches of the sea, to be unavailable, to be distant, to put themselves first. The king is the deep healer in the world who has already learned through the queen to prioritize their own self-care, I suppose, to prioritize their own healing along the way. King of Cups knows by the end of the journey that it's not capable of giving and giving and giving. It understands because of the Queen's learning that they must keep their cup full first. So in Terror for the Holy Spectrum, you'll see that the King of Cups is drinking from a goblet as well as serving others from a goblet. It knows the continual, again, we have this infinity loop energy coming up, this, this cycles, this filling and giving and filling and giving and flowing and, and it's a beautiful I'm honestly I'm, I'm startled because I, I'm looking at Smith Rider Waite in front of me I see the infinity loop above the magician I see the infinity loop in the two of pentacles I feel an infinity loop in the king of cups and I have uh, also in my notebook from studying with Lindsay there's an energy of the infinity loop here there is, we are becoming one with the flows and the cycles where we are, oh, it's beautiful. And I, it makes me excited because it makes me feel like the work that we've put in over the month of October is paying off and is putting us into a new rhythm. Nobody needs to understand our rhythms either. We get it. And we get what being called to live a spiralic flowing life feels like and and how uncomfortable it makes people i could go on and on about where we are in this spread but i feel called to continue and to continue to look at this spread as a whole the next card in the fourth position is what gifts from source can i look for to help me and this is the world again we have the world returning we saw the world in uh, our october's monthly tarot magic and i would encourage you to um, hop back over to that episode too to listen to kind of our deep dive on the world but again it's a graduation it's that feeling of you leave your high school after graduation day and you can always come back and visit your classrooms you can visit your teachers you may even run into to classmates but it will never be the same the energy of that school will never be the same as when you were there and engaged you move on you can't come back anymore Spirit, I believe, is going to give us the same gift with the time that's passed behind us. We now are able to look back at October. We're able to look back at things that we've learned in, in recent past 
and learn from them, explore them, discuss them. But we're no longer in the midst of it. We're no longer lost in the middle of all that energy. And I will encourage you to go back and listen to October's uh, episode. I think we had a really lovely deep dive on the world. So I'm not going to go into too much more depth with it today. But it's, it is the end of a journey. It's, it's a graduation into a new cycle. We've reached the end of a version of ourselves that we have been to this point. We've done beautiful sacred work. And the world tells us that the work and the learning that we've done will continue forward. The world is ruled by Saturn, which is Capricorn, which is me. Uh, and Capricorns really are the helpers and the taskmasters and the ones who understand sacred responsibility. They understand legacy. They understand destiny. Uh, they work too hard. <laughs> Hi. Um, but that is really the energy in the world where we are promised that we will keep at the work that we've come to the earth to do. Capricorn energy doesn't give up on the work that's been set ahead of them. We don't let those moments pass us by. So Capricorn and Saturn within the world will keep you to the promises that you made as a soul. The things that gave you your purpose before you were even incarnated into a human body. Capricorns are the, the sacred practical goat that wishes to climb every mountain and reach every peak and see every vista and every view However, where they get lost is that we forget to check in and see which mountains are meant for us and which ones are not, which ones are meant to be left unclimbed. Capricorns often are afraid at the end of the day that when we stop running and going and working and creating, we're scared of what we are going to be left with. We're scared that at the end of the day, we deeply believe that there is still something wrong with us fundamentally. I believe that to be true of most every Capricorn experience. But this is the gifts that we're looking for from Source to help us. We're going to get perspective. We're going to step away from the cycle and be able to look back at it. We also know that there is a promise being made to us to keep us going forward. And our fifth card here is what message do I have from Source? from spirit, from destiny, from my creative team, from my spirit guides, from my beloved dead, my ancestors. What message do I have about this new beginning? And the card that stepped forward is death. Death is ruled by Scorpio, the energy that we're in right now, and has a lot of Pluto energies to it, a lot of fixed water. Nobody can truly know a Scorpio. It's very similar to Cancer, who is very protected by this solid Cancer crab shell that they carry through the world to protect themselves um, and their very tender, vulnerable crab meat within. Scorpio is similar. Scorpio has a hard exterior shell, and Scorpios can make it very difficult to know them intimately. They can be intensely sensitive and vulnerable and fragile inside, and that can feel like a, a difficult duality for them based on their external skin and shell and, and, and scales that they carry through the world. Scorpio loves control, and in the death card, Scorpio is given their, their hardest lesson because there is no control in the death card. So the, the challenge to all of us, not just Scorpios, but I think the, uh, the, the signs that are assigned to tarot cards were assigned specifically because they might offer that sign, that astrological characteristics, the hardest challenges. And the challenge that's being issued here is, can we let go and move through the vulnerability and lack of control that is the death card? The death card really is the sacred autumn. It is after the leaves have fallen to the ground and it is the process when they decay and fall away and charge the earth and the soil with new nutrients and fertilizer to help next year's growth that is just waiting to come forward in the year to come. The death card is rarely, if never, about an actual physical death ever. Again, this is one of those places where I think reading the death as some form of physical death is looking at an external force that we can't control. 
very few times will you pull the death card and be immediately met with some form of physical death. However, we experience spiritual death all the time. All the time. Death is not the end of anything, but it's the shifting from one form into another form. It's when the leaves shift from leaves on a tree to nutrients in the ground. It does not mean that there is not a grieving process or a loss to be acknowledged. Of course there is. Of course there is. And we know what it is to grieve. We've talked about this in September. But the death card asks us to shed aspects of our former life to feed new growth. It is a sacred transition from one state of being to another. Sometimes some of the vegetables growing in the garden of our lives were never meant to be food on our table. And that helps with some of the grief too. It's like when you grow a garden, you know that not every single one that grows from the ground and not every single plant or fruit or, or carrot or potato or tomato or whatever, whatever it is, not all herb bushes, not all lavender, not all mint is going to end up on your table. There's some that was meant to be sacred fertilizer. It was meant to not make it through that growth. It was meant to charge the ground. Things that you are releasing or losing or uprooting in your garden right now. And I know so many, I could, I could sit here for the next half an hour and talk about things that I'm choosing to rip out of my garden right now because of the trauma work that I had to do last month. They are not gone. They are becoming a part of you, a part of you that's going to help the new you to grow. That pain process of uprooting and dredging up these things that feel dirty and decayed, we're putting them to use, we're finding them a home. Death teaches us to have a both and relationship in life. We can be going through really hard ego shedding, which I feel like is what I would best describe the process that I went through last October or this past month. And I think many of us did on this either small or big ways. I believe mine was just big because I asked it to be big. Um, particularly when we had our rituals together in the middle of the month, I asked the universe to make big changes and, and it did, and it did. But the both and is that we can be going through that really difficult process, but we can also be learning who we are without the things that don't match to us anymore. I love the feeling as difficult as it can be of the like, oh my God, I just figured that out. Oh my God, I learned that one more thing about myself. And oftentimes I find that some of those great revelations that we have are things that in our mind feel obvious. I remember one of the big ones was something that as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I know this. But then I stopped and I said what I was learning aloud. It blew the door wide open. And I'm having a whole new journey with joy, which I think someday soon, I will be asked to speak about on my podcast. Um, I don't feel like it's today because I'm still learning, but sometimes those big aha spiritual revelations are ones that as you're moving through life, you're like, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this, but stop. I would encourage you to stop and say, okay, what is, what would you have me know? What are you trying to say? And you might be shocked what you hear, but that is the death card. It's letting go and understanding what that a little bit icky process is. We're letting things fall off the bones of who we thought we were in order for something more aligned, something more true, something more easeful and more joy-filled to carry forward to grow and take its place. And if you ever feel like you see a death card and it's like, ah, I just don't feel like I'm in something like this right now, I would encourage you to look to the little things in your life. Death and rebirth energy cycles come in the most mundane and day-to-day -day of our activities. And those are the ones that prepare us for the bigger death and rebirth cycles. So I encourage you to look and perhaps really question because I find it hard to believe that as a human going through life, going through the grief of being in a human body, the challenges of facing our pasts, facing our traumas, that there's not something that's dying and falling away. 
So I challenge you to expand your viewpoint of what death means in your life. Our sixth and second to last card in the spread is what is my anchor and supporter as I walk forward? Seven of Wands. Examine our hypervigilance. Where are we gripping for something to be taken away? And of course this card comes forward because this is exactly what I learned. One of my big aha moments based off of the, the Catholic community that I grew up in and a certain level of conversion therapy and brainwashing and, and cult behavior that I was exposed to for the first 20-ish years of my life is that I was trained to believe that anything that brought me joy, anything that brought me true happiness, anything that made me truly excited about life was more than likely something that I was going to in turn need to choose to give up for Jesus. And I have found myself carrying that energy forward, gripping and afraid of joy. Because when I experience joy, my initial instinct is, I don't get to keep this, so I don't want to get attached to it. If it makes me happy, it's probably bad for me. It's probably indulgent. It's probably, I don't need this. I shouldn't have this. Somebody's going to tell me this isn't right for me. Everything that I'm describing right there is brain voice. In that dual radio that we talk about all the time of soul tarot, the differentiating between the, the quiet voice of the soul and the voice of the brain, the brain is the one that always says, I shouldn't have, this isn't good for, they won't want me to, if only I didn't, if only I did, and so on. In Seven of Wands, we're being asked to examine what are we gripping onto that's born from our trauma, our, our self-protection, our gripped for potential damage. Where are we living our lives right now, constantly preparing to have part of our life taken away? Where are we expecting something to show up and say, you don't get to have that? What are we defending? Am I keeping parts of myself hidden away from the world for fear of having them taken away? Seven of Wands asks us to look at the things that we're protecting against and see if they're even there. In the Seven of Wands card in the Smith Rider Waite imagery, we see our individual protecting the top of a hill with one wand in their hand and with six others coming out from the edges of the card, almost as though preparing to bludgeon him. But what's interesting is that we don't see anybody. We don't see any hands, we don't see anything. Oftentimes, we're defending against something that's been created in our brain. Our body is responding for fear of attack. And sometimes, all we have to do is say, hey, we're totally safe right now. We're totally good in this moment to just relax. And sometimes we are being asked to hold our ground. But I, I believe that we will be informed by spirit when those moments are arriving. I think we will know, and I think we can trust that we will know when it's time to act and defend and be, um, be ready to stand up for ourselves in some way. But I think in this instance, it's more about learning to just say, hey, you know what might really be helpful right now? To just recenter, to just be available and recognize the fact that something deep is being triggered. Some deep wound is being bothered right now and we're defending it. Can we move out of our hypervigilance and move out of our anxiety and move into a, a, a space of tending? Can we leave our defensive energy and can we examine the belief that we have that we have to act right now and recognize that maybe that's not true? Hypervigilance has wisdom for us. It does, but it doesn't have truth. It doesn't have truth. And finally, a promise. And the card sitting in a promise is challenging to many, validating to me. The card sitting in front of me is the tower. The tower is the sacred earthquake that illuminates our unsteady root work unsteady foundations. What have we built a life, built an identity, built a story on top of that was never solid enough to begin with? 
Mars comes to us in love and generosity in the form of the tower to take action. The tower is a sacred lightning bolt that comes to us from the universe to say, hey, I see that you're willing and ready for change. And towers can come in small or large ways. But essentially the tower asks, where are there structures in our life that look great? They look so good, they look so solid. Perhaps we've like slapped a coat of paint on it, called it ready to go, but ultimately the foundation is not sound. And our response to tower energies often is like, ah, I don't really wanna go there right now. That just doesn't, no, I just don't wanna do that. A lot of people see the tower and immediately jump to, oh my God, something's gonna happen. Oh my God, I'm gonna get a divorce. Oh my God, my relationship's gonna fall apart. Oh my God, I'm gonna lose my job. Oh my God, all of these things. The tower is never referencing external events ever. Sometimes there can be inciting incidents of tower work that might push us into this rewilding of our own root work, but that is never what the tower is referencing. It's never saying, hey, this thing is gonna happen and your life's gonna fall apart. That's never, the tower is for us. Mars comes for us from the universe. It's not a punishment. They're not saying, hey, you're not living in alignment. We're gonna take this down for you. The tower recognizes that we're ready. We want it. It doesn't mean it's not gonna hurt. It doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy. But the tower is about the internal realizations and the shifts that come, the places where we change something. We're like, okay, that doesn't work for me anymore. I need to change. 90% of the time, the tower is a deep subconscious and subtle process that we might not even have any awareness of in our physical brain. Burn away something. Burn away something that the ego was holding onto to protect you. You're ready. You're ready for change. You're ready for something to be illuminated by the dual experience of the lightning bolt that comes. We recognize that the lightning and the impact that the lightning causes, but we also recognize what gets illuminated by its flash. What we see for the first time. Clarity, awakening, deep shedding. There is freaking intense, intense medicine and intense magic in this spread today. But I sit here in joy and in gratitude of the spread and of the cards that have come forward because they are actually speaking to the experience that we had last month. There's nothing worse than going to the tarot in a moment of like, please illuminate this for me. Please show me what's going on because I don't understand. I don't get it and I want to. And sometimes when you pull all the beautiful cards, the lovely ones, the ones with gratitude, like, I don't know, six of wands or six of pentacles or the sun, they can be like, ah, that's not helpful. I don't feel seen here. I feel seen in this spread. I see huge energies. I see multiple major arcana, which are tidal waves of energy coming that we just get the choice to surrender to and to ride along with big energies coming from the universe to help us. So many infinity loops, so many big impactful changes. I see the world, I see death, I see the tower, I see the magician, I see, whew. I feel excited for all of us. I feel growth for all of us. And allow me sitting before my altar today on the morning of November 1st, on Samhain and Dia de los Muertos to claim this energy for all of us and for you. And I, if nobody has said so to you today, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you for the work that you're doing. The work that is invisible to the naked eye, the, the, the roots that are growing into the ground, the yes and that we continue to say to spirit to be moved at whatever cost into a life that's more aligned. It was uh, a learning point that came for me pretty aggressively in April, I would say, of 2020, where a life that looked good on paper was no longer in alignment with the calling of my soul. And at whatever cost, 
I was willing to give up people and a lifestyle in order to live more in alignment. And I see all of that referenced for all of us here. So please continue the incredible hard work. Please look for the new life of the magician, that open and co-existing, co-creating channel as the new life we're being invited into. Recognize our duality and our limitations in the Two of Pentacles as we reference where we are in this moment. The King of Cups that can help us tend to ourselves during this new life. The world as a gift from Source to help us. Death as a message from Source about this new beginning, what it can be for us, what it can create, what can come forward through it. The Seven of Wands as our anchor and supporter as we walk forward, where we learn to recognize our uncomfortability and our discomfort around the change that we're saying yes to and the anxiety that comes forward as a part of that change. And the Tower as a promise. This month, we are being realigned in a way that can grow tall and last the test of time. so mo to be. Blessed Samhain witches. Happy New Year. This has been an episode of When Walls Can Talk, the podcast, written, researched, and edited by your host, Jeremy Haig. I would be honored if you'd consider one friend that you think might enjoy this episode and share it with them. There's nothing that brings me more joy than listening to episodes or songs that my friends recommend. So please share the love with your tribe. Listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a rating or a comment so that this one-man operation can take off to a whole new group of listeners. Please don't forget to visit my website, www.whenwallscantalktarot.com, to learn more about me, the show, and to purchase our brand new merch finally available on our online shop. Listeners to the podcast get an exclusive 10% off using the code WITCHCREW at checkout. Don't forget to reach out to me on Instagram at whenwallscantalk with underscores for spaces, or email me at jeremy at whenwallscantalktarot.com. So long, paranormal adventures, and I will see you next time on When Walls Can Talk.